Hey everyone, and welcome back to BPX Breakroom. Broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. A show that breaks down all the opportunities and explanations in the Block Packs ecosystem. I'm Discord user Jen Khan, not just host of BPX Breakroom, but also one of the largest whales in the BPX ecosystem. And now, without further delay, let's hear from this week's guest co-host. Welcome back, everyone. This is Slappy White at the Radish Digital Studios in Charlottesville, Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. How's everyone doing today? In a moment, BPX Breakroom will be coming to you live in X Spaces with your host, Gen Con. But to give folks a moment to file into the spaces, let me just share a few Radish announcements. Today, we begin our Wonders Month on BPX Breakroom. Jen is going to be speaking with Wonders artist, Rommel Smith, game designer as well, fitness guru, Jedi Knight. Next week, we'll get a Wonder Silo update from Frenchie. No more three and a half hour update covering every silo. Frenchie's gonna come on. He's only talking about Wonders. Get your questions ready. He's got a hard stop at 30 minutes. So we have Frenchie next week for 30 minutes for a Wonders Silo update. And that's kind of because of you, the community, the feedback. Folks were saying, even though we got Frenchie to update us on everything, and that really does take three and a half hours, I would argue that's actually on the light side for every silo. We're going to break up those silo updates, right? So that way you can look at it and be like, yes, I can handle a 30 to 45 minute silo on just one uh, update on just one. So hopefully you like that change. And let's see. So next week's Frenchie, this week's Rommel Smith, and then the following week, we're going to talk about IP and lore, which we all love and we love talking about in the wonders. And then we're going to close out the month with a kind of minor minor yours competition where we will have the wonders competing against each other. We'll figure out the game mechanics and you're going to bring your character proofs and we'll see what the community thinks is who wins in the competition. Also want to remind folks, don't forget about GT on BPX Breakroom tomorrow night with the BPX Game Show. I know for some folks who are tuning in who are CCG people and aren't familiar with the rest of what Wonders does and their other projects, you just bear with us for a second. Just a reminder for the rest of the community, though, GT is going to be doing that uh, Breakroom Game Show, which is, he has such brilliant ideas. Like, he comes with his A game every week. And don't forget... We're wrapping up HTH Fantasy Football with a final Super Bowl Fantasy Tourney, including the HTH assets. So you can still sign up for that at radishdigital.com. Get those entries in. I think Rommel should get it in. I noticed we share the NFL all day server, so I think he's a football fan. All right, um, we're going to turn it over to Jen, but I do want to make one mention before we get started. And that is, you know, Jen, speaking of the wonders and the minors, I was struck, as folks know, yesterday, Tito Machado and Alpha Trilogy, uh, we did a special BPX After Dark Daytime Extra where we talked about Miner 9999, the last digital asset of ETH Proof of Work, traded hands from Tito to Alpha. And Alpha had this powerful and passionate speech why he felt he was overpaying, but he was okay overpaying because of what it meant and what the collection means. And it was so powerful that this morning I woke up to see that Loco said he was going to follow Frenchie's advice. Frenchie's always said, pick your silo. Don't have to be in every silo. And he was already on the fence. But hearing Alpha articulate it so strongly, it made him say, you know what? I'm ready to to exit HTH and take my marbles and move them over to Wonders and to Miners. And what a great segue. 
because that just shows you the power of minors and of course wonders what we're talking today. I'm so excited to hear you talk to Rommel about wonders of the first and it being such a powerful ecosystem that people like Loco will say, I'm all in on wonders. Yes, perfect. I love that story in the show yesterday too. Um, thank you so much, Slappy. So hello, Crypto Pals. Welcome back to BPX Break Room coming to you live from New Jersey. Um, I am Gen Con, your silo sensei, and today we're diving headfirst into the thrilling world of BP's first ever physical cards and gaming, the highly anticipated release of Wonders of the First Existence Booster Boxes. So hold on to your hats because we've got a special guest in the house. Give it up for Rummel Smith, Wonders artist extraordinaire and a CG CCG fanatic. So full disclosure, I am not a CCG player myself. Um, the closest I ever got was many moons ago when my six and eight year old kids tried teaching me to play Pokemon. Did not go very well. Um, so that's basically all you need to know about my knowledge of CCG. So if you are like me, fear not, we have Rummel here to guide us through the enchanting gameplay of the wonders. Uh, he's here to break down the gaming mechanics of these mesmerizing cards and spill the details on his strategy during the beta testing. So whether you're a seasoned CCG pro or a curious newcomer like me, you are in for a treat. So thank you, Rummel, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Uh, so whether you know or not, I typically start off my, my spaces with an icebreaker. So... The question to you on the table is, would you rather win an Olympic medal or a Nobel Prize? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with the Nobel Prize. And the reason is uh, thousands of people win gold medals every year, but only a handful ever get a Nobel Prize. And it typically means you did something to... Uh, further humanity. So I'll, I'll take the Nobel Prize every day. Nice. Very nice. I um, thought long and hard. I was on the fence 50-50. I couldn't really decide one way or the other, but then I thought about just myself in general and figured the Olympic medal would probably be a little bit easier because so many people get them. <laughs> so, Good choice. I <laughs> To be honest, I figured it was getting an Olympic medal. It's right. You have to, there's really no, no gray area. You, you win or you don't win. You get the time or you get the height or you get the, you know, the goal, the basket, whatever it is. Um, the Nobel prize is a, a bit more subjective for me. And I usually don't come out ahead on those types of, of contests. So, <laughs> um, okay. So let's get down to the, the nitty gritty here. So you, congratulations on a fabulous release of the, the wonders and all the art um, that you were directly uh, responsible for part of. So that's fantastic. Um, but we're here to talk more about the actual game aspects. And I have heard that you are a whiz in the CCG world. Um. I mean, I, I I do okay. Uh, my 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 typical strategy when it comes to these games is to um, 
find a consistent way of doing the same thing and winning each time. So um, in a lot of games, like, like with Magic, that's, you know, tokens is where I go to because I can spawn a bunch of little guys and sweep the board. Um, and and Wonders, uh, in early beta testing, it was a lot of combos. Like I'd pull off a combo and watch the other players the other player stare at me as I'm like, I think I win. Um, but we, we fixed that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So just to, to, to level set a little bit. So the, the wonders, um, the, the cards and the game, um, we already released the boxes, right? So all the boxes that are going to be out there in the wild have been sold currently. And they're on the chain and then they're eventually going to get created shipped out and then so once people get them in their hands what do you envision like how does the game i know nothing about this so are you thinking (laughs) people get people get the cards in their hands and then i'm assuming if it's similar to pokemon that kind of thing right they have different types of cards and different powers and ratings and that all plays into how this will go down? Is it similar to that? Very similar. Um, it most likely, you know, people are going to buy their, their their starter decks and they're going to play a couple games and then they're going to buy some booster packs and they'll realize that some of these cards are are crazy powerful and would go great in those decks and um, then mix and match. Uh, I think it's what is it? The the word that people like to use is deck expression, and and that's like. Um, if, if you're big into fishing or, or the ocean, then building a deck that fits an ocean theme might be your, your thing. If you're ex-military, maybe building something more soldier-esque might be your thing. So, uh, typically what people do is they, they play with the game, find some of the, the mechanics they like, and then they gravitate towards, um, what just fits their personality. Okay. And so... Uh, do we know? I don't remember what the, the timing. This is summer? Of the, no, when when are the cards coming out? Um, it's supposed to be Q3. Q3, so, okay. So the uh, that could be very end of summer, could be middle of fall. Uh, I'm, I'm not privy to the exact time. Okay. Um, and when you were doing the beta testing and the, and the game, you, um, I'm assuming it was fun for you. Um, and what was what was the biggest rush that you had, or what was the the best part about the beta test that you you enjoyed? Oh man! Uh, so one of the, the the design metrics that we go by is uh, we call them memorable moments, and it's it's the trying to get something that, that you're going to talk to people about when you leave the table and. Uh, for me, it was the first time um, we actually played Wonders. What was what the most memorable? I sat down with uh, Bear, one of the other artists, and we were playing uh, online because he he lives in England, and um, and he had me dead to rights. It's it's turn seven. Uh, he's got all the stones, and I'm just looking at the board, and I'm like, I don't know if I can win. And then I look at at the the cards in my hand, and I'm like, wait. No, actually, I can. Um, 
and I, I proceeded to spawn a army of angels and sweep the board and take everything back to a very surprised uh, face. <laughs> to a very surprised bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's awesome. And then, how, can you explain a little bit about the the beta testing? Where was it done? How many people? You know, is this typically what? these gamers do, you know, the, the card games and when they come out, is this what they do? And how, you know, is there a typical process for this? So, yep. um, so I, I, I think the, our process has been a little different. Um, a lot of TCGs when, when they do this, they will test, um, with a group of internal testers. And it's usually like, you know, a team of like, two to five people that are just trying to break the game and find the, the things that don't work, then they'll shuttle it out to um, a couple hundred people that are, are, are paid to test it and and decide like whether they like it, what things don't work. And then from there, it goes back to the internal team where they try to figure out if the changes they made, um, they, they can break the game again. And that process repeats back and forth um, for sometimes up to two years before they're ready to go to uh, even think about printing. And um, it's a slow, arduous process because a lot of times they're trying to design the game to not let you have as much fun as you want, but to play the game they want you to play. We took a different route and we sat down and decided these are the kind of mechanics we would like. We put them into the game. Uh, Brian Tinsman designed the the game setup, and we started playtesting from there. Uh, There's a lot of internal tests, um, playing online, playing through streams. Um, we got a, a get-together recently where a few of us got to fly out and, and work together in, in, um, in uh, the Isle of Palms and put together like in-person in playtesting. Um, but me personally, I've been taking it to a local shop and having them uh, play test for me because a lot of competitive magic guys there. Oh, okay, cool. That's interesting. And then, um, I know a lot of people are are really biting at the the bullet to get involved in these these beta testings and and mad they missed it and can't and can't get in. So we're all itching for Q three to come for these boxes to drop. But can you? Um, talk about i i hear a lot going around about the something about core pillars of ccg um, exactly what what is that and how and so our, our 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 brand pillars um they're 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 basically how we decide what we're doing so um and it, it's very simple. The 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 brand pillars have, have been um, put the C in in, in CCCG. I mean, put collectors first. Uh, you know, we don't want we don't want to steal value from from our players, which we see you know wizards and and uh, Hasbro doing on a constant basis. But when it comes to, to the design pillars, um, those are a little different. It's like cultivating wonder. Um, and, and for the people. So like we want to make it to where it's it's exciting for you. 
So that's in like you're you're enjoying it. And when you put a card down, you want we want you to look at, at the character and wonder what his story is. And by the time you're done playing a game, wonder what kind of story you just played out. And then the second pillar is to be unboring and to follow our passion. Um, and that is exactly what it sounds like. We want not only the game to be exciting, but the stories that people tell to be exciting. And we being um, from a multitude of gaming experiences, we want to share our, our passion for gaming, our passion for storytelling, um, and our passion for creation with the community so that, you know, six months from now, when they're all playing the game, they can tell their own stories, they can write their own lore, they can um, engage with one another about the game. So those are the, the big pillars. Okay, cool. Now I learned something. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do want to mention too, if anyone in the audience wants to uh, ask a question to um, Rommel, please, you know, raise your hand, come up on stage. We encourage uh, questions and activity from the from the community. So please don't be shy. Um, and I did see a comment from Mike in the uh, in the spaces here. He says, "I definitely like military style play. Ran a gun squad before I got out." Um, and I believe okay. he's, he's one of the new, one of the newbies that came into, uh, to the wonders discord, um, that I think you were probably chatting back and forth with this morning. So excited to see new people jumping on board. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the thing about like, like he says, military play, um, some games don't give you that option that they don't. They don't create units that are militaristic, um, but we kind of spread the gambit so that people have options. Okay, cool. Um, so what, when you were talking about the framework, you had mentioned briefly about um, Hasbro. Um, so can you can you talk a little bit about um, the, the no reprints and how we're trying not to be like Hasbro and uh how we're going about the cards and the boxes okay yeah um so hasbro has made it its mission to steal equity from collectors um and they, they do that by printing a really cool card and people buy it and it goes up to 50 bucks and then hasbro prints 70 copies of it and knocks it down to two dollars um, because they want more players to have the card, but they also don't care that you spent money to get it. And that's not, that's not what a collectible is supposed to be. Um, like when, when you think of, of, you know, buying baseball cards and collecting those, if you found a Mickey Mantle in, in, in your, your grandpa's binder, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But if you find a, Orcish Bowmaster and in, in, in a binder right now, it's it's worth nothing. And your your grandkids will still be worth nothing. So um, our goal is to move away from that. And there's some creative ways we can do it, one of which is a no reprint policy. So once a card exits print, we don't bring it back. You're you're not if if you own one and there were only six thousand printed, then there's only six thousand of them. 
Um, and I, I know that that brings up some questions from players because they're like, well, what if I, what if someone joins two years from now and they want to play? Well, they can, they can buy that card in the secondary. Or if it's so popular, there's, there's ways we can do similar cards that aren't the same card. Um, and so you take, say, uh, Cinder Maw. It's a dragon that appears on the collector booster boxes, the, the, the serialized boosters. If that were a dragon that when it enters, it gains five power and it does, it, it kills a unit. Well, once it goes out of print, no one can get it. Maybe we do, you know, the daughter of, of, of Cinder Maw and we can do a dragon. It's going to look probably as cool, maybe cooler, who knows. But it'll enter, and instead of giving you five, it'll give you like three. And instead of killing a unit, maybe it, when you kill a unit, you gain two or something like that. Like, there are ways that you can make similar cards that aren't the same and don't use the same art and don't affect collectors, but can enhance the experience of players. Okay. Um, and that. I- I, there's a question on here from Galileo. He said, um, what feedback did you receive from the independent game room testing of Wonders with the CCG players not connected to Black Packs? <laughs> um, so that that's funny. Um, when I first took the game and, and showed them, they were unimpressed. They actually, they, they did not like it. They had uh, a host of things to say that they, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't repeat here, but um, <laughs> we, we, we played for a good like four or five hours and they're like, I, I don't like it. Um, I'm like, well, you tell me what you don't like, I'll take it back to the drawing board and then we'll be back. Um, when we came back around with, with the uh, revamped version, it fixed a lot of the issues that, that they discovered with it and um, you could see, like midway through through the game, the gears changed. Before they were absolutely staring off into space, and they were just playing cards. That second time around, it's like round three, round four. You can see they're actively staring at the board. They're staring at their hand. And when they finish the game, they're like, "This is good. This is this is engaging. This is fun." Um, when is it coming out? And so that's where we're at currently wow that's cool i'm sorry uh i wish i could have been in that room that would have been neat um so are we at this point you guys are still doing some testing and still fine-tuning shall we say um i i I would say at at this point like like the game itself the, the the base game is 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 more or less done Right now, it's just tuning the mechanics we want to go into this set versus mechanics to go into another set. Okay. Um, and I think I, I saw a uh, an exchange in the Wonders Discord this morning that you have a, a plan for the serialized booster of 0001, if you get that oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I told Frenchie, if I get this box, 
if 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 I'm lucky enough to be one of the guys that gets one of those top ten, particularly number one, I'm gonna rip that box open and and sleeve up the cars and put them in the decks. <laughs> and so I guess it uh, bring people to speed who don't know. So the the boxes that have already been the booster boxes that have already been sold, the first, there are going to be ten serialized um, boxes. Um, they're going to be the the chase and the most valuable ones that people are going to be after. So you heard it here. Well, actually, you read it first in the Discord, but heard it here first that if Rama gets his hands on that, that baby's getting ripped. <laughs> I, I I know there's there's collectors that'll be screaming as I do it, but <laughs> and I, I think I think there was a request that if that does indeed play out, that it has to be done live on a on a stream or a video thing for everyone to participate in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> we all get, get to watch. <laughs> um, okay. So um, coming from a non gaming person, um, why do I sometimes see the CCG and sometimes it's TCG? Are they the same or are they different? So um, they're essentially the same. In, in the early, mid-90s, when, when, when TCGs became a thing, um, they were pitched as trading card games because um, basketball cards and baseball cards were trading cards. So the idea was that you would play the game, trade the cards with your friends, um, and have fun. And much like the sports world, those cards became valuable heading into the early 2000s. And that's where you saw a lot of them switch to being called CCGs because people were collecting the cards and not playing with them. Pokemon is is famous for it. There's a lot of people that buy Pokemon cards that have never played the game. They just buy it so that they can collect all the, all the Pokemon and have them in binders. So uh, that's when the big shift happened. And so you get people that just buy the cards because they're pretty, and that that that's completely okay. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so uh, if you don't know this answer, I apologize. Um, and if not, we'll ask Frenchie to do it next week. But so for the for the first release, um, for the booster boxes that have already been sold and in virtually the. NFT version of it is in people's hands, not physically yet. But um, so those have already been sold and out. So if anyone wants to get their hands on those, they're going to have to buy them on the secondary from someone that already owns them. Um, so once those come out and the game starts going and everything, do you know the the plan or the the process for other packs to come out or other? How how would that um so from from my understanding there's a bunch of partnerships with um local game stores and so um you'll be able to buy them at your lgs you'll also be able to buy them from the block packs website um and it'll be a a collect and play booster which is different than than the serialized boosters these are um, more for, for the player. So you, you buy it and you get a bunch of packs. You can rip them open. There will be some some uh, surprise and delight treasures in there. 
um, which from what my knowledge, there's a couple of them, but the one I can talk about is uh, some of those proofs of the characters will be available in there, including some new characters people have never seen. Um, so you can crack the packs and hope to get one of those. Ooh, new players. Okay. Yeah, and that's that, that's great for the, the, the NFT guys because um, if you don't want to buy one of these off the secondary, but you want one of these cool characters, you can just buy packs and hope you get one. Interesting. Um, uh, Sloppy, you have your hand up. What you got? No, just listening to you and Rommel talk about some of the new folks. As we know in the Wonders Discord, we've seen a lot of new people in the last couple of days. So Rommel, if you're talking only to not the existing community, but the new folks coming in the, these last couple of days, can you just tell us, you, you've been describing how Wonders of the First is so different than everything else. But just clearly to them, the folks coming in, they're checking it out. What would you say to them? Why should they stay in the Wonders Discord? Why is Wonders worth their time? And how is it different? I would say um, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. If you had the opportunity to go back to 1993 and sit there and, and work through the process leading up to the initial alpha release of of Magic the Gathering, you would absolutely do it. And this is an opportunity to do something very similar. Uh, we're not looking to be a card game that releases one set and then fades away. We're looking at, at a, a, a franchise that expands beyond just the cards, a, a multimedia franchise, a, a big story that, that can be told, and you have a chance to be a part of it simply by being here and playing the game early. Um, from, from a collector standpoint, the, the no reprint policy, you definitely want to get in early. Um, from a player standpoint, you want to play the, the, the latest and greatest. You're getting tired of playing the th same thing you played before. It's a good idea to, to hop into this because the other stuff out there isn't targeted towards um, towards competitive players or towards people that um, want to um, play and collect. They're, everything out there is either targeted towards just players or um, it doesn't exist. So uh, I, I think it's a good idea for you to get in now just because there's so much opportunity to be a part of the story and, and a part of the franchise as it grows. That's an awesome answer. Very well said. Um, so I have a question on the gameplay. So from what I know, it's like I can picture, you know, people sitting around the table with the, the board and the cards and the, doing that whole type of gameplay is have we moved into the since with technology? So are there like online ways to play the game? Not like play online, but like in rooms or, you know what I'm saying? Like if everyone gets on and they all have their own board and they can play, is that a way to do this? Um, so right now for, for the testing, there, there's a, a digital platform that we're using to, um, facilitate some of the, uh, test games. However, the plan is to be a physical card game, um, for, for, for the foreseeable future. Okay. 
So that again, so I didn't mean like a virtual game board, but I meant like, I don't know, like with magic or whatever, are there like chat rooms that you can go to and you, like, you can play somewhat with someone in California and Virginia and Washington, or do you have to be in the same, same physical room? Um, magic and some of the others use um, various platforms to play digitally like that. So like you can sit in one room and then play like a webcam. Um, that's, that's been a huge thing since the pandemic began. Um, so it's, it's pretty common. You can do that, but there's, there's not a, um, like a platform set up to do it. Right. Okay. Okay. I was just curious if that's something that, that happens, um, today or not. Um, so is there a way for, um, any of these new folks coming in? Is there any avenue for them to get or be part of the beta test or is that a? Um, I do not know. I know there was discussion about opening the, the beta test to everyone um, heading into the final weeks so people can play it um, heading into the, um, the pre-sale. But I don't know the, the details on that. Okay. I thought I had, I, I thought I, I could be wrong. I thought I had read that if you, if you own a character proof, can you be part of a beta test? Or maybe, maybe um, I misread that. If, if you own a character proof, it'll give you access to the uh, Discord channel that has the beta test info. So you could theoretically get in that way if you wanted to. Okay. Um, and those, the character proofs are um, on uh, OpenSea. They're on chain. Right, those are the ones that they would yeah. buy from the collection. Okay, and then you can go to the website and you can get access or search around in there for more information. Yeah, and I, I would highly recommend that if you're looking to buy either the um, the collector boosters or a character proof, that you go to the the official Discord and click the official links and go from there. Any other link or just looking it up on OpenSea, I wouldn't trust. Yes, absolutely. Always, always be careful. Um, official links only. There are, we have seen many uh, duplicates and copycats. So yes, official links, always good. All right. There's another question from Galileo. Uh, he says, as a collector, what direction would Rommel say is the best way to dive in if new? Grab physical booster boxes, grab character proofs, how should we evaluate character proofs for investing in? What are the keys to look at in general? A lot of questions in there. Oh man, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just coming with the with the tough ones. Um, <laughs> so, from from a, a collector standpoint, i i can't I can't tell you what's in the collector boosters. Um, I got to see the list of how things are being distributed. And I will say that um, you you want one. If uh, if you're a collector, you want that um, first. Um, after that, the, the character proofs. Those are um, tricky because it's a question of do you want to do something with it, tell a story, mer uh, merchandise it, or do you want to just hold it for it to 
to see where it goes. Um, if if you're in that camp that wants to just buy one to have and, and see where things go, um, the provenance of it being the first of, of, of proof of stake alone should give it some value eventually, um, especially when you know the historical value of that for NFT collectors becomes more prevalent. So if you're in the NFT side, then definitely grab a character proof. Um, if you're a storyteller like me, if you like to write novels, if you like to write short stories, character proof gives you a character that's in an existing world that you can write about and tell stories about. Absolutely do that. Um, but if you're just a general collector, collector boosters, get one of those. And then from there, um, grab as many boxes as you can. Okay. You heard it there first, Galileo. Go by. Um, uh, we'll open it again if anyone wants to come on stage and ask a question. Yes, Slappy. I, I appreciate Rama answering that question about if you want to get into the beta testing. And that was one of the, the issues that I definitely wanted to get out because I see the new people coming in and they're so excited and they want to be a part of it. And I think that's the hard part is that, Jen, you know me. We've known each other for a while. Unlike Hawkwind, Hawkwind, when I first was getting involved with this project, he was like baby steps, baby steps. When I onboard people, I'm like, here's the fire hose. Open your mouth. All right. Now we're just going to shoot it all in there. And I think what's hard, right, is that, Rommel, you talk about this so exciting. And I just think to myself, when, when you say, when you talk about the opportunity folks have here, and you talk about what it would be like to be on the ground floor in the beginning. The only thing that would be better is if you were a part of the, if you're a hardcore TCG person and you were one of the beta testers and you were giving feedback and you saw that feedback involved, that would be like incredible, right? So I agree with everything you're saying. You have a lot of physical people finding their way into the Wonders Discord who don't know anything about the blockchain. And so before they do anything, not only yes, they need to stick to the links in there because the community needs to know people are actively trying to steal these assets from us. It's a very valuable. You, you don't need to understand about the blockchain and digital assets. Just know what we have is very valuable. People are trying to scam us constantly. So you need to stay in the wonders. But we have a great community. Like, again, this is Firehose. So I will just say folks who are interested in becoming someone who can access kind of that beta testing is that just reach out in the community. Everybody there is great. They'll walk you through baby steps. That's enough of my fire hose. Thanks for letting me just mention that, Jen. No problem. Um, there, there, is, there is another way to get into the beta test, and that's to find one of the beta testers and get them to invite you to an online testing session. Oh, the hunt is on. Who who are my super sleuths? <laughs> Get sleuthing. I can't use Eric anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. <laughs> I can't with the sound effects. <laughs> uh, okay. Rommel, is there any other um, thoughts or any... 
um, advice or things from the game mechanics perspective um, that you would tell people, whether it's, you know, if it's similar to something or completely different or when the cards actually come out or what kind of characters people should look for, or, you know, anything else you want to mention from that perspective? Uh, from, from a mechanic standpoint, I would say that while we did use our experience playing with other TCGs and CCGs to um, to in, influence our, our, our design, a lot of these mechanics are going to be new. They're, they're designed to work with the way we play our game from, from turn one to turn seven. And um, you're, you're going to be surprised by how well they work. You're going to be surprised by how similar something is, but also isn't. Um, so it's, I think you're going to have to just play it for the first time and see what, what you think. And as far as which characters to target, that would be a hard one um, because it's going to really depend on your play style and which orbital you gravitate towards. So I, I suggest just, you know, Take a look at, at the character proofs, um, all those classes and and lineages and hierarchies. Those are all showing up on, on the cards. So if you see a, a vampire warlord, there's a chance one day he may be a character in the game. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'll ask one more time if there's any other additional questions for Romo before we get final thoughts. Um, and and words. I'm very excited now. I learned a whole lot um, about the the gaming aspect of this. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for taking the time and coming to uh, to educate us. Um, is there anything else I didn't ask, or anything else you want to talk about or put out there before we wrap this up? No, I I think you hit hit all the points. I mean, it's the, the, the big the big thing that we have to stress is that um, we're not perfect. We're going to get something wrong. It, it's inevitable. Um, we're we're going to take our shot at, at the no reprint policy and trying to effectively deliver uh, engaging gameplay, regardless of whether you buy a card today or a card two years from now. And I think uh, we can do that. And, but we're going to need you, the, the community, to let us know when we're messing up. Let us know when um, the game doesn't feel the way you think it should. And we, we may not take that advice, but we would like to hear it so that we know um, where everyone's at. Okay. Um, and I, I'll just uh, add on a little bit to that um, for those new people who are not that familiar with um, block packs and the community and, and how they operate and work. Um, they are very, um, they love to get feedback. And like Rommel said, may not always agree with it or implement everything that we talk about, but um, from an interaction point of view, um, they really do care and listen to everything that, that we have to say and, and put out there and they're, um, very active in the discords. So when they say, tell us what you're thinking and, you know, what we could do better or what we did great, um, definitely take, take them up on that. Um, you will not be disappointed. Um, so again, Romo, thank you so much for taking the time. 
to join us today. Hopefully, um, some of you guys got some new information. Um, we answered a couple questions you may have. Um, as a reminder, BPX Break Room is broadcast live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in X. And brace yourself for next week's episode. Get ready to vibe with the Wonder Whisperer, the Silo Sorcerer, the Chief Architect of Everything Worth Collecting, none other than Frenchie. Join us next week for an exclusive Wonder Silo update curated by the Master of Magic and Innovation. Have burning questions? Toss them my way or slide into Slappy's DMs. But here's the scoop. Frenchie's here for a slick 30 minutes. So secure your spot, roll in early, and let's ride the waves of wonders together. Want to thank all you guys listening, both live in X Spaces and any of our recorded platforms, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also want to thank Block Packs for partnering with Radish Digital as their media partner. And as always, I depart with my corny joke. What did the pepperoni say when it walked in or out of the hospital? I'm cured. See you next week. You've been listening to BPX Break Room, which is broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I've been your host, Discord user Jen Khan, and I wanted to thank today's co-host and you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand and came up on stage, helping to make BPX the best community in Web3. BPX is a community built for collectors by collectors. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.